CBS Monday. NCIS. Here's where we can see them. NCIS and NCIS Hawaii return with all new cases. Double tap to the chest, one to the head. These guys are professionals. All new criminals. Violent Island, we got here. Walking to paradise. And all new crimes to be solved. If you're watching this, I've been arrested. What are the charges? Just one. Murder. New NCIS and NCIS Hawaii, Monday starting at 9, 8 central on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Now available in more homes than the Pac-12 Network, we are the podcast of champions. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online. And here he goes, Miles Jack! And I'm Ryan Abraham from uscfootball.com. Liner, going to try to sneak it ahead. Touchdown, SC! We are the podcast of champions. Welcome. Everyone back to the podcast of champions. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online, the UCLA site on the 24-7 Sports Network. And I'm Ryan Abraham from uscfootball.com, the USC site on the 24-7 Sports Network. And together we make the podcast of champions talking all things Pac-12 football, at least for another year or so. Yeah, we passed the deadline less than a year uh, until USC and UCLA or out, uh, going to the Big Ten. But and got- it's, I think, the one-year anniversary or nearly of uh, the Pac-12 Board of uh, Directors authorizing the Pac-12 to start negotiating a media deal. Yeah. How's that going? We haven't, uh, we haven't updated for there's, that for there's, a while. There have been so many things that have happened since then. <laughs> uh, so many updates. Let's take you through them just a second. Um, None. <laughs> in August, I think they said it would be a few months. And then in November, I think they said it would be a few weeks. And then in December, I think they said it would be a few months. And then in February, I think they said it would be a few weeks. And then in April, I think it was then that it was imminent. Yeah. Then it was May, where it was going to be a few more weeks. And then it was June, yeah. where it was possibly by the end of the month. And now it's July. But there's a deadline. that was with, Like, just from a week ago, there was a deadline. A deadline. For Pac-12 Media Day, December, I mean, December, correct. July 21st. W- which was so funny <laughs> because uh, uh, our, our, our friendly neighborhood beat reporters, John Canzano and John Wilner, are already soft-pedaling that. Like, do they really need one? They were saying that like a week ago. Like, there's a deadline. Like, yeah, and uh, there's there's not going to be anything. Yeah, no. I, see, I, I as of like this morning, I was still thinking there's going to be something. But we'll we'll get to all that stuff. We do appreciate you uh, coming in and listening, or if you're watching live, our simulcast over on YouTube. It's I not think a we're simulcast. like it is uh, 16 people away from a thousand followers. So get in there. Smash the hell out of that like Crush button. Crush it. And please subscribe. Tell your friends if they love Pac-12 football, if they hate Pac-12 football, they'll probably hate us either way. Just like you know, tell them to subscribe to the, the, the channel. All right, all right, you guys. Podcast of Champions. Here's what I want. What okay, want? Uh, what? you out there, you people listening right now, yep. I want you to go find a friend or sign up for a new uh, 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 Gmail account or Google account or YouTube account while we are on this show. I want to see the 984 we have right now. Uh-huh. I want to see that at an even thousand by the time we're done recording. I love it. Okay. Do you think our listeners have friends? I'm guessing no. I mean, it's it's 933 <laughs> on a Thursday, and they're sitting here watching us talk. Do so. we have a bunch of people? Oh, we got some people in there. All right, get in there. We lo- Thank you for uh, doing it, crushing the uh, the like button and subscribing and all that. If you have any questions, you can put question in the chat box, 
And uh, yeah, I th hopefully I'll be able to put it up on the screen for you. Um, but it doesn't look like the chat thing's working today. So we'll have to, I'll play with that as we go. But yeah, put it in the, put it in the chat, whatever Can't you want us help. to talk about. We just need just better help. I know. If you have questions or comments for the show, best way is our email address, packedfulpodcast at gmail.com. You can call or text us at 424-532-0678 or over on Twitter, as long as Twitter is alive, Podcast. Um, we keep using it. When are we putting this sucker on threads? Uh, we could. You need an Instagram for that. When are we putting this sucker on Instagram? We got to do that first. When are we putting this sucker on Blue Sky? I don't even know what that is. So That's the boutique uh, Twitter. Uh, it's invite only. Oh. But I do you have am invite? on Blue Sky. So oh. I could invite you. The podcast oh, you to... of champions. I get like one invite code every two weeks. Oh, very cool. Yeah, it's very cool. Thanks for inviting me it's before. It's very exclusive. You know? Like, I need another one of these things to look yeah, at. Yeah, no, just like this. I did create a threads, like, for, like, USCFootball.com, the peristyle, but, like, I've used it, like, twice or something. I'm like, I don't know. Like, if, if I guess you want to have it if Twitter dies. You this can't pick like your the, name. It has to be your Instagram name. So all these, I'm getting new Instagram requests because all these people have started Instagram accounts to like, go on threads. It's kind of crazy. This is like the breakup of the Austro-Hungarian Empire after World War One. Exactly like, like that. Like we've got Slovenia. we got Croatia now. We've got Hungary and Austria. There's too much going on. We need to we need to consolidate you again. Need to, like, we need a return a return of the Habsburgs, <laughs> the Habsburgs. a return of Jack to Twitter. <laughs> That's what we need. We need Jack back. So as long as Twitter's around, we'll keep doing it. But I, I I'm a tweet deck guy. Were you a tweet deck person or no? Well, as a as a person who has to tweet stuff uh, for a job, yes, of course, I was a tweet deck guy because it's the only way to schedule tweets. Yeah, and uh, tweet deck you couldn't at least you could for a while, and then they get, took it away again. You couldn't like tag photos and stuff in yeah. tweet deck. So that was kind of blowy. But the other parts were good. And I could, you know, if I was looking at my Inside Troy, you know, uscfootball.com, whatever, feed, and I and tweeted out something from the Podcast of Champions, I could easily retweet it there, or I could retweet it with, uh, you know, the Podcast of Champions account. And, like, now you got to switch between accounts if you want to, like, retweet something that you tweeted from one of your other accounts. You know, I manage a few of them, so... It, they made it harder, I don't know, and it's going to go away. Like you have to pay for it. I think after like a month. So the thing I use Twitter for the most is going to be under the paywall. And if I paid for that, David would probably kill me. So I I'm, guess I'm not going to use TweetDeck anymore. I don't know what I'm going to do. Yeah, no, I'm definitely going to tweet less. The thing is, I think he finally stumbled into the thing that people would actually pay for, which is TweetDeck, because it's the one way to, um, to to basically do business Twitter. Yeah. Um. But he did it in the wrong order. He needed to do that one first before he destroyed the entire business. Um, oh, so would you pay for TweetDeck? I wouldn't, but I can see a, a scenario where a lot of people would and they wouldn't be doing it for – because the thing is when you're paying for the stupid blue check, you're not paying for really anything additional that people want. No. Like you're not, oh, I can edit my tweets. Who cares? I've been putting typos in my tweets for 15 <laughs> fucking years. Who cares? Yeah. Um, but the, uh, the TweetDeck – it's the only way outside of like Hootsuite, but all those uh, secondary tertiary apps have been cut off from the API. Oh, they have. Yeah. So TweetDeck is the only way to do it now. And if, uh, you gotta pay if that it. goes away, then people can't use Twitter for you know, scheduling tweets, doing all the monetizing stuff you need to do. I, you know, like when the season starts, like I'm probably going to have to pay for it. Like I'm probably going to use TweetDeck because I do it a lot during games and everything. And it's just. I, I mean, I'll lose respect for you. 
I, know. I, I don't have that much. But it's more. But, but if it was just for the blue check, you would probably like walk out, right? Yeah, I'd be done with you. Take all of your equipment here yeah, and yeah. all of your expertise and all the work. Look, you, you already do. bought a Tesla. That's the amount of support I'm willing to accept from you uh, for Elon. Literally, Musk. almost nine years ago. Yeah, yeah. Like I. It, so yours is one of the ones that like one in ten of them explodes into a ball of fire, right? No, I don't think so. That was probably I got a 2014. But literally, the coolest thing I've ever bought. Oh, so yours it's, is the one where you can't open the doors from the inside? Is that right? No, you if, can open If the electricity is off or something? Oh, I don't know. I'm yeah. not, I haven't had that. Do you know where the emergency handle is? No clue. Okay. Well, good luck. Yeah. Uh, I did have, you know, the door handles like pop out. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them didn't, like but the, the, the uh, driver's side door didn't pop out for a while. And uh, there's some motor or something, so you have to go get it replaced. But like there's like literally you go on YouTube and you find a hack and it's um, you put like credit cards in there to pop it out, and then like you double side um, like athletic tape and kind of slide it through. So you have like a, a ring of athletic tape. So the door, the handle's closed. You just pull it out. And when I brought it to Tesla, they're like, "Oh, you got the hack." I'm like, "Yeah, you know." It, so I could open the door pretty easily, but you don't want this like white piece of tape hanging off your door handle. But I mean, I want you to just like take a, like try to get outside of yourself for a second, uh-huh. replay what you just said in your mind, like staring at yourself. Because that's where I am right now. Really? Yeah. Like, oh, he bought a Tesla and he is opening his door with a credit card. Cool. That, that was after eight years. Like, I've literally had, like, nothing wrong with the thing for so long. It's like, there's only, like, 12 moving parts. There's a really good metaphor there somewhere, opening a door with a credit card. Like, there's True. something There's something there. I, I got to workshop it a little bit, but it'll be there in yeah. a second. But I, I, I love mine. I don't know, like. Literally, I've had the thing for a long time. Like, eventually, the battery's going to die because, like, yeah. The, but I'm blaming you for the current state of Twitter. Okay, because I bought a car ten years ago or Correct. nine years ago. Yeah, nice. Um, hey, dude, if you have the Apple Podcasting app, you got your iPhone. So if you're on Threads, you have to have an iPhone because I don't Are we think still they're introing this show. We're still introing. Good God, do you, do we have any new reviews? Do you want? We want you to leave us a five star rating. No, why would anyone review? review this thing? We haven't gotten a review since it looks like May now. Oh, get in! I there. think somebody from June deleted their their. Oh, you know what it was? What? Because that person in June, uh, (laughs) because they posted the entire opening of Moby Dick, I'm sure it got hit by copyright. Oh, probably. Yeah. Yeah, And somebody put a takedown notice on it. They're even doing takedown notices for your iTunes reviews, people. Wow. Uh, Crazy stuff. All right. Well, let's get into uh, the show. Maybe we could start with uh, the media rights, though, because we kind of talked about that already a little bit. Um, as David sort of recapped, you know, it was June 30th when USC and UCLA gave notice, hey, we're out. Not like San Diego State gave notice. They actually said we're leaving and they're leaving and uh, they're going to the Big Ten and all that. And that's when, you know, they were rallying uh, in the Pac-12 offices. We're going to do a new media rights deal. I think they had sort of a, a plan in place of how that was going to go. Brett Yormark over at Big 12 Media Days, which have started, by the way, uh, or or they might be done now, but they started this week, comes out and he jumps the line and their media rights deal was up after the Pac-12s, but they go out and get, what, $31, $32 million a year per school and sort of set the bar where the last number we had was the Big 10, which was like $75 million a year or whatever for every school. And the big, I think the Pac-12 was hoping to like, you know, not get there, but like, Use that as like what everyone's hearing about. Uh, Brett Yormark comes in, 31 half, 32, whatever it is, million, and sort of resets the bar and kind of, you know, I think it, you know, took some of the wind out of the Pac-12 sales. And it's just been going month after month after month. And we've heard from a couple of the presidents, not much going on there. Um, 
and like you know david said we keep hearing it's going to come it's going to come there was a you know the deadline of uh, the pac-12 media day being july 21st it's one day which even some of the group of five conferences have more than one day for their media day so i don't know why you go to vegas i thought they'd do a two-day thing i thought that would have been smart but whatever they're doing one day what if you haven't been to a pac-12 media day David, have you been to one before? I'm just kidding. You know, we, I know you've been there, but not very often. So usually the opening remarks come, and it'll be George Klyavkov and maybe one of the um, athletic directors kind of up there. Might, he might bring up like the director of officials, but you got to give like a – it's like a state of the union for the conference. We haven't heard peep, you know, one from George Klyavkov in months and months because of this – everyone's going to talk about the media rights deal, right? So what's going on with that? How awkward and, – and, you know – your conviction right now is they're not going to have a deal in the next uh, eight days, which, you know, it's a, it's next Friday. And I'm sort of on your side with this. I'm like, yeah, I mean, if you haven't come out with one now, I don't know, maybe early next week or something, you could. But if not, like, are you going to be talking about, like, Michael Penix trying to win the Heisman or Utah trying to three-peat or even Coach Prime, like, and all the new coaches, you know, Dillingham and Troy Taylor, they're killing it and recruiting. Like Stanford looks like they're coming back. I mean, they're going to suck. But um, are you going to be talking about any of that or are you going to be talking about a Pac-12 media rights deal? And it's supposed to be – this is like the one year we've seen in a long time that there's a lot of hype around Pac-12 football for a lot of different reasons. And most of them are good. And then this goes on. So I, to me, this is a mistake. Like – you. I would much rather have Pac-12 Media Day focusing on football. And it's now, if they don't get a deal in the next eight days, it's going to be focused on this media rights deal. The mistake was made months ago, though. I mean, yeah. I think no matter what at this point, a huge focus would be on the media deal, whether it gets announced or not, right? So if it's if it's nothing, then you're going to end up with, you know, millions of questions for Klyavkov right. about Why what, suck what's going blah, blah, blah. on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And if it does come out, like if it does start to leak out or they put it out like some official source or whatever, it's going to be, well, all the details about the media deal. Like, oh, do you think that's enough to survive? The whole thing. Um, you're going to have like coaches get asked about it. Um, I don't think there's any way around it at this point. The The problem wasn't the problem isn't not announcing now. The problem was that they didn't have a deal in place in April. Um, and you. you they very publicly went to market. They very publicly, you know, were starting the process. And then they went silent and dead. And the thing is, if you're going to go silent and dead, okay, you do that for a month. But they've been silent and dead for six months now um, on basically any details that are coming out besides what, like, a president here, you know, the the Washington State idiot or uh, the Arizona guy. Um, <laughs> Robin Roberts. And, and uh, Kirk Schultz. Schultz um, <laughs> the Washington State idiot. <laughs> Um, um, yeah, Robert. Those Robbins. guys are part of the leadership group now, right? Yeah, like, Robin uh, Roberts, Robert Robbins, Robin, Robin Robbins. Uh, yeah, it's Robin a Hood? Robert Robbins or Robert Robin Roberts. Robert Robbins. <laughs> we can switch it around. Uh, he's now a part of the uh, um, what's it called? The uh, he's got to sit on the board of directors executive committee. So he's uh, and Wilner was reporting this. The four corner schools didn't have any representation: Arizona, Arizona State, Utah. And uh, Colorado. So Robert Robbins, who's been in the Robin media, Roberts. Robin Roberts, he's in there, uh, two-year term. And Kirk Schultz, who you mentioned, is uh, the board chair. And he's taken that over from Washington's uh, president, uh, Anna Marie Kaus or whatever. Um, and she wasn't very – she wasn't very sports – she wasn't like a sports person. So these people are at least sports people, which is good. Robin Roberts? Robin Roberts. Is, is, yeah. He's in there. 
And Kirk Schultz is now like the the head honcho. Shirt Colts. And those are the guys that are that we were hearing from spewing their lies. <laughs> like, well, that's the thing. And, and, and but like they're they're we, we haven't heard anything from Klyavkov in the longest time. And so we're going to hear from him. So it's gonna be an opportunity to ask a bunch of questions and there's no way around that at this point. Um, so, yeah, a year where the Pac-12 might be kind of good, where it might actually have, uh, you know. <laughs> I mean, five-ranked teams. Three like, or four teams that in a, you know, you don't have to squint that hard to see them in the potential playoff conversation at the end of the year. Yeah. Uh, and instead, we're going to be. And three, like three new coaches where, like, did you, like, you didn't remember that Troy Taylor was hired by Stanford. Correct. But. <laughs> But, like, he's crushing recruiting. Like, it just seems like... I'm you, still not sure he's been hired by Stanford. Are you sure? He, he, hold on. Do we have, have, a they, have they finalized Here's a picture deal? of him, if you're watching on YouTube, uh, with the jersey. Yes, he's he's been hired. What was sad about that is it wasn't like it, wasn't like it was three months later, and I'm like, huh. It was like it was like two weeks after we had talked about it, I think, on this very but show. But Stanford's been so, like, there's been blah. But I, someone like that, if he can get them back... Uh, that's exciting. Like Kenny Daly, Kenny Dillingham, Denny Killingham, Denny Killingham, and uh, Arizona, Arizona State. You know, like there's some exciting stuff going on there. And of course, you know, prime time didn't get his leg cut off. That's a positive. And boom, you know, sixty new players on the roster. Like, and you know, with all the quarterbacks coming back, uh, DJ DJ got drafted by the Dodgers. He was like Mister Irrelevant in the MLB draft, I guess. Um, he hasn't played baseball, I don't think, since high school, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, DJU, but anyway, yeah, you know, like you know, Bo Nix and uh, and Michael Penix and and Caleb Williams you got the Heisman Trophy winner coming back. Like, there's a lot of exciting. Like, we haven't had Pac-12 football this exciting this early, you know. And this, you know, going into a season, it's like, wow, this is stuff that you can really. The one time you could just get up on the podium, and even though you haven't made the playoff in a million years, like this is the year you could see it. And you know, Utah. The, you know, being able to go for three, you know, try to get a three-peat here. Like, there's exciting stuff. And if there's no deal, man, no one's going to care. Like, that, Whether that there's a sucks. deal or not, nobody's – like, my point is, like, they, they've already screwed this up. So, now it's just – So, like, so next week, say they came out with uh, $35 million per school. It's going to be, you know, some streaming, but, you know, decent amount on linear – probably late games on ESPN or whatever. So it's like, okay, so that's like a little better than the Big 12. Um, it's acceptable, right? Do you? Th- I don't think there'd be a... I still think there'd be focus on football by the time Friday rolls around. You don't think? So my problem is no matter... Nobody wants to talk about this shit. Like people don't want to listen to this right now. Like we've got... I mean, people don't care except in the sense that like, oh yeah, it's the lifeblood of the conference. But... Like media day should be an opportunity to get like lots of good like sound bites from coaches on their teams and hype up all that kind of stuff. No matter what the friggin' media deal is, it's a stupid piece of conversation on this day. Uh, if you announce this thing in April, then it's not occupying this opportunity, which is to talk to uh, if the coaches aren't being idiots, the two best players on their team and the coach about that team that year. You also get maybe occasional shit talk between programs if they're, you know, Jim Harbaugh talking about Pete Carroll's program or whatever. Uh, but now it's 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 going to be about the life, the the like likelihood that the Pac-12 still exists in three years, which is what this entire conversation is about. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, we'll see. I mean, what happens? Uh, it looks like David Woods will be in Las Vegas. I was convinced for media day. five minutes before this show to commit to my plans. Yeah, we have um, 
uscfootball.com, uh, social media, intern Elizabeth in studio too. I don't know. Here, slide over here like a little. You can, we have the camera up there. Say hi. If you could, you're going to be seeing it. There you go. She's check it in there. Um, so she'll be in Vegas. Uh, I got a couple people from the site will be in Vegas. And now David, David Woods will be there. We've had some fun. I'm going to be on four hours of sleep. Perfect. Whatever. We don't need a lot of sleep when we're in Vegas. That's true. We do, you get we, the oxygen pumping in, everything's fine. We do pretty – we hit it pretty hard. For, a couple, for an old guy and you, yeah, we do. Dude, I'm we ancient. Do right. I have um, two kids. <laughs> that does make you old. That's like adds like five that years. That adds 10 years apiece. 10 years apiece? It's exponential, okay. actually. It's 10 years for the first one, and then you get an additional 15 for the second. So you're older than me. Though, yeah, I'm 25 years older than I am. Damn. I'm 62. Yeah, you're like 10 years older than me. Oh, shit, man. Uh pretty old okay so we'll see what happens i i kind of didn't even want to do a show until we had a, a media rights deal in place Kanzano and then i think we wouldn't be doing a show we would never, last year of the pact yeah, was like it's just not gonna happen i think Kanzano's latest column or the latest one i saw um the people that he talked to the sources he had talked to in the conference were more like they're not looking at it the same way we're looking at it as like this is you know there's a deadline or anything um, you know, the San Diego state thing, was there a deadline with that? They didn't seem to, to, you know, that nothing seems to bother them. They're on their own, you know, in their own world. They're not going to say anything. It's the most public, I mean, just the poor, the poorly executed PR that you could imagine, but they don't seem to care. They're just kind of doing their own thing. So I, the only thing that's going to save the PAC 12 here is, is there's some crazy deal that no one saw coming and they can just sit back and go, see, just wait, we told you. But if it's just something with like, you know, um, Wilner was saying within 10% of either side of the uh, Big 12 deal, if it's in that range, it's just about, you know, negligible, the difference. Why the hell did you not say anything? Why did you wait this long? The only benefit would be waiting this long is if you got something way better than nobody saw coming. So unless there's some crazy outcome that we can't, anticipate seeing this is just to me it's been a pr nightmare and packed off media day i don't know like i don't know what we're going to do um with all this stuff like when it gets down to the breakouts and you have you know you're listening to uh, kyle whittingham talk about you know cam rising's health and all this stuff you know they're going to be asked a bunch of questions about what do you think with the media rights deal oh they're going to take care of blah, blah. you know like it's just going to be the same crap over so every coach every player is going to have to talk about it and it's just you know, to me, this is a failed failure in leadership. Unnecessary. You're going to put all these players and coaches through all that crap. Yeah, I just realized that was a confluence of like your favorite things to talk about. Was there spring football in there? No, but yeah, no, that's the one thing it was missing. But you had you had <laughs> media day itself, like as a as a construct. So it's good. your favorite thing to talk about, and the media deal. The media deal. All we yeah. needed, all we needed was. I wish they could play a spring game before <laughs> Pac-12 media day. Yeah. What if they had an all-star spring game before Pac-12 Media Day? Ooh, that would be fun. In July. I'd love that. We could do that. We'd talk about it all the time. Uh, but I am excited for Vegas. Um, yeah, if you, Brett Yormark sort of backed off. They, you know, Big 12 is first Power 5 conference to have their Media Day. He sort of backed off the open for business kind of thing um, that was a year ago at this time when he was talking about that. So we'll see sort of what happens, but all eyes, all ears, everyone's going to be listening to what Klyovkov has to say because literally we haven't heard from him. You know, he's just not done interviews. He's not. I won't say I'll be listening. I, I might glaze over a little bit. You're actually, well, because it's going to be, 
You're going to be. I'm going to be tired. I might just take a nap. That's the one thing you got to listen to. Is it? Yeah. Like you want, you don't want to know what's going to go on. Like The good thing is because it's Vegas and, uh, you know, I'll have other things to do. And it's not like in some place where you can't get anywhere from there. After Klyavkov's opening remarks, I might just leave. Come back for UCLA and then dip. Do you know what? I don't know what the schedule is. Do you know what? Uh, no, they'll probably stick UCLA and USC last again. Well, they might. Sp- they usually spread them out though. But that's always in LA. So what? The one different dynamic for Media Day is typically there. It's in Los Angeles. It's been in Los Angeles, Hollywood Studios, wherever. So the majority of you know it's the biggest media market. There's more media coming from LA. So they would like strategically put like maybe UCLA right before lunch. And then USC right at the end, or they'd split something like that. So you had to kind of stick around for all for all those. Um, but now it's in Vegas, so you know I don't think there's like the LA Times is probably not going to send a whole bunch of people or the local TV stations and stuff. I don't know what I don't know what they're going to do if they're going to do it differently, or they're going to like get USC and UCLA out of the way early. Here's the question: and that focus we, on everyone else that are going to be sticking around. Here's the question that we need to consider: is how lit can we get before the end of uh, media day? During media day, you yeah. Think, so, like, if, what's the over? Like, what if what, USC needs to like go early? Because <laughs> I have we'll other just people, be screaming things at Jonathan Smith. I have other people stage. doing work. Yeah, uh, so I could potentially do that. Um, we could go at the lunch break and uh, hit the crabs table. Mm-hmm. And Resorts World though is like that's an expensive one. That's gonna be tough. We'd have to probably play blackjack there. It's not that expensive. It's a nicer one. It's nice, but it's not that expensive because it's kind of far down the street. It is, yeah. Um, I've played there. It's fine. Oh, you have? Okay. Yeah. So we could definitely hit some drinks up. I want to see what the desserts are because they always have like, you know, there's 12 different desserts that each school has a thing. It's like cupcakes or donuts or whatever because I am a 12-year-old boy when it comes to desserts. So I will eat desserts. Lots, lots of them. Yes. Uh, okay. Wanted to talk about the San Diego state thing too. Cause we haven't, we didn't do a show last week, the 4th of July break. Is that why we didn't? Or just, I mean, there wasn't that much going on too. Um, plus you're lazy. I like, thought it was inertia. Now. Yeah. Like it was, it was one of Newton's laws. We could have got one. a guest again, but I got a guest the week before and you're just, I was like, you know, you're always complaining. Whatever work I do, just David just complains. That's not true. He does no work. That's and then not like true. complains about the work There's I do. specific work of yours that I complain about. <laughs> <laughs> but the San Diego State saga is pretty weird. And obviously it impacts the Pac-12. There's a series of letters that went back and forth. San Diego State, I think they've done a really good job. And if you don't know, like San Diego State... I think for the last 12 years, if you combine football and basketball winning percentage, they are like number two in the country behind Ohio State. Like they've had very successful programs from the major sports. And obviously San Diego being Southern California, it's it's a no-brainer. They make it to the national championship game in basketball, a no-brainer to add San Diego State if you're going to expand at all. If you're if you're going to expand, like they have to be one A, B, C, they're they're the number one brand. I think San Diego State's handled this really well. They've been thinking about going Power 5 for a long time until they write this stupid letter. Basically, they're giving their intent to the Mountain West that they were going to leave, anticipating either the Big 12 or the Pac-12 was going to take them in. And the Mountain West is now playing hardball, even though the Mountain West needs San Diego State. So I think some of this is like lawyer stuff and just positioning and whatever. Um, But there were letters that went back and forth. And basically, the Mountain West is saying... No, San Diego State, I know you said it was only your intent to leave, but we're taking that as you are leaving. 
we are withholding the six point whatever million dollar media rights payout you were due, you were due. Oh, and by the way, um, that seventeen million uh, you know exit fee you owe that, so you owe eleven million more. So there, I think at the end of the day, like. The Pac-12 is not going to be able to add San Diego State uh, in 2024. So it'll be 10 teams next year, in my, my opinion. They're not going to expand at that point. San Diego State will still play in the Mountain West, but it might just be about, they're going to do it for less money. I don't know. We'll we'll see what's happening. But there's a, yeah, I don't know if there's bad blood, San Diego State and uh, Mountain West. There's definitely history because I think, there was the Boise State, like they were leaving, and the San Diego State like stood up for them, or it was, and San Diego State like decided to leave, but then came back when I think it was the Big East thing. There was a whole bunch of weird stuff kind of going on there, but this is a weird one, like a power move by the Mountain West. I don't think San Diego State's going to be stuck, but basically because the Pac-12 can't take them now because they haven't, you know, their shit's not together. Now it's a whole big mess with San Diego State and the Mountain West, so it's it's kind of fun. I don't know what you thought about it all, dude. I just think it's fun that. Uh, 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 the Pac-12 in a new and avant-garde uh, move is uh, helping to bankrupt a, an athletic department that's not even in the league. <laughs> I think that's cool. I mean, we've we've seen we've seen their success with with schools in the league. Yeah, they could bankrupt schools, within but the I'm very amazed well. at their ability to do so with schools out of the league. That's incredible. It's pretty. I funny. mean, I can only bow down in awe. Uh, yeah. Pretty funny stuff. And this is, I mean, this is, you know, all the other stuff you can say, oh, that was the genius work of Larry Scott, right? The bankrupting of various athletic departments that need to be bailed out in the Pac-12. This is a new one. This is, yeah, the the circumstances were created by Larry Scott. But George Klyavkov, you've you've taken it to another level. (laughs) Negotiated at such a level that they are convinced they are coming. But might need some more time. Yeah. Oh no no no! Sorry, uh, we're gonna take twenty three million dollars from you. <laughs> Enjoy. Have fun with that. Well, I think it's the seventeen. Uh, it's the seventeen, but they're also claiming that they want to uh, withhold the uh, six million dollars of the media deal. I think that they they can withhold the media deal, but I think it counts against the seventeen. I think it counts against their exit fee. Like that's part of what they're doing. So if any good comes out of this, then maybe they only have to pay the you know maybe the Pac twelve does add them because now they're getting the cheaper rate or something so maybe they're playing chess and this was their strategy to like get like not officially get there's out. always the chance this is all just legal posturing and they're they're having conversations yeah. behind closed doors and they're like okay so we have to pay the 17 but can we make it just the 17 and you can posture in this way so that it'll you know prevent other schools from doing the same thing or whatever yeah but it's funnier <laughs> If it's very fun. if the Pac-12 is bankrupting San Diego State, you can't give anybody credit for doing something smart. I mean, San Diego State, you could have, but this doesn't look very smart. So, um, yeah, this is just crazy, just crazy stuff. Yeah. Um, all right, I wanted to so, uh, and I guess David doesn't get these emails, and I didn't for a little while, but I got them again. But I probably won't after this year. Um, preseason all conference teams. So I put my votes in. It's very, it's not easy. Like. Who are the preseason, like, all-conference offensive linemen? You know, it's like, you know some, like, okay, Oregon State, like, they'll probably have some dudes. Um, I actually emailed all of the publishers to get, like, their thoughts. Uh, And there was a bunch of people nominated, so by the different schools. So we would get a ballot for each position. And there are going to be, like, 30, 40 people on the ballot. And sometimes you had to vote for, like, eight or ten. It was, like, a lot of people. And sometimes you only had to vote for a couple. So there was a lot of stuff going. It took me a while to go through all these and try to like, and some of the stuff you're like, 
do you have stats on all the offensive linemen? You can see like, oh, that guy has five picks and ten pass breakups. Like, okay, he's a he's a preseason all all conference defensive back. But for us, offensive linemen, it's hard. So you want to look up their PFF grades or something for every guy there. I wasn't going to do that, but I asked everyone. A couple of the publishers did get back to me, but most of them did. Uh, unfortunately, like the 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 Oregon's and the Utah's, like where they would have a lot of guys represented, those guys did get back to me. And it was funny; some people didn't even nominate. Like you, you gave me. You were the first responder, by the way. Yeah, um, you say I don't respond to emails. You responded right away. You must have been like responding to something else and just like seriously responding. Hey, right away. hey, but hey! You didn't don't even look a gift horse in the mouth. So I asked everyone, like, who would be like up for one of the top three, you know, uh, players in their position? And you actually, and a lot of people did. They left out some of the players on their team that were also nominated, you know, and maybe they, the the level of nomination wasn't, I was asking more for like who could win, uh, but it was very helpful uh, for a lot of stuff, but trying to go through these things. So we'll kind of go through quickly. Oh, you're uh, saying I was honest and other people were not? No, other people were honest too. Um, but there, I think everyone, it, the people that even uh, provided more nominations, there were players from their, the team that they cover that were actually nominated that they didn't even mention. So there was a lot of that, but there was more. I think at the schools kind of nominate guys, and uh, for we'll start with tight end. I'm just going to go in the order, like like put my in the top of your head. Who you think the best tight end in the conference would be? Do you have a anyone? The top of my head. Think Utah. Uh, the guy Brett Keefe. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, uh, I also put in uh, Benjamin Urasek, uh, the Stanford one. It's funny, Stanford and Cal had some dudes, and I'm like, why were they so terrible? They got, like Cal had like I think the second leading receiver or something in the Pac-12, like yards per game. It's like, how are they so bad? Um running back. This was, you know, there were some dudes here. And again, I have like a Cal and Stanford guy. I so I had Damian Martinez from Oregon State, uh Michael Wiley from Arizona, Jay Knott, California, and EJ Smith from Stanford on my ballot. But like, you know, USC brings in um, you know, Running back from uh, what am I blanking on his name? The the running back from um, South Carolina. Like, there's a lot of transfers that were very productive where they were. Yeah, Carson Steele for UCLA. Marshawn Lloyd. He had almost 1,600 yards last year for Ball State. Yeah, so it's like hard to. So that's what makes to for me these ballots harder. Um, yeah, like dude from Ball State. You know, Marshawn Lloyd was a stud for South Carolina. Like, if people have brought in good running backs. I kind of focused more on. Um, the returning guys that I know, uh, but you know, but I know some of the USC transfers and I think they're going to be, I don't know. So was there any, any running backs kind of off the top of your head that would stand out that you'd, I would have gone Damian Martinez. That would have been my pick. Um, but no, I mean, I think you kind of handled it. Um, yeah. And I mean, there's, there's always the chance that one of the younger guys who's, you know, like TJ Harden for UCLA, you're not grading Harden really. You're grading Chip Kelly's running offense. And so it's like, yeah, you plug you somebody, kind of project. You, you plug somebody in there with some talent. They're going to be pretty good. TJ Harden's probably going to be pretty good. Um, Carson Steele's probably going to be pretty good. Now, I think the question is, are they going to split carries? Because if they're going to be about 50 50, then neither of them is going to be all conference. Yeah. So I don't know. There's, it's hard. It, it's, it's very hard to grade that stuff early. The When they send the nominations, you can kind of click on the players and it's sort of like, it's not formatted well, you know, whatever, but you could see, okay, here's the line for rushing yards or whatever. But any of the transfers, it only it's only showing you stats from returning guys. So it made it a little tougher, and it just would have it would have taken a whole lot of work. I tried to do the best job I could. Um, 
for uh, wide receivers. Mm-hmm. Um, I had Rome uh, Adunze. I think that's how you say his name from Washington. Like Washington's got some really good receivers. Obviously, he was a stud last year. Returning Dorian Singer is going to be at USC. You know, he was second leading receiver. I think in the Pac-12. Yeah. Um, he's going to be catching passes from Caleb Williams. So I'm like, okay, that works. Jacob Cowling. Jacob Cowling. I had him on there, and also Jeremiah Hunter from Cal, who I think like yards per game was number two in the conference or something, and which I had no clue. I'm like, really? Like. How's that good? I mean, but, there's Troy Fl- Franklin, uh, Jalen McMillan, also yeah, from McMillan Washington. could have been there. Um, um, it, it's a pretty stacked receiver conference. And and you uh, only get four. Like, some of these we had to put, like, eight or ten or something. And, like, for receiver, there's only four. I'm like, how do we only have four for this? But I, I, One that could um, could get there is J-Mike for UCLA. J-Mike is great event. Okay. He's really good. Yeah, I think you – like, he was definitely nominated. Uh, I think you might have sent him over to me, too. Maybe. But this, this was hard because there's only four for this one. Um, for a return specialist, uh, they only had a couple here. Silas Boland was really good last year for Oregon state. And then of all the returning guys, Rayleigh Brown from USC was like the highest, like return percentage. So that, I didn't think this was a great, it was hard to choose from this. Like a lot of the more productive guys are gone, but, um, any return dudes like UCLA have anybody or anyone that, no, uh, no. Yeah. This was, a, that was kind of a harder one. Uh, you only get two quarterbacks. I put Caleb Williams and Michael Penix. Um, Phoenix. Phoenix, you know. So would you have put anyone else in there? Or? Uh, the, the I mean, yeah. I mean, there's potential for uh, Bo Nix. Um, you only get two. So it's like. Yeah, I mean, I think Williams and, and Phoenix make the most sense. Um, and I think after that, it's, it's Bo Nix and then a pretty clear drop off from there. But it could be. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, but I because Cam Rising's coming back for the ACL. Uh, yeah, Shador Sanders could be good. Jaden Delora could be good. DJU. DJU is probably not going to be good. But you know, you don't think so? He hasn't been yet in college, so he had a commercial. Yeah, there's that. Uh, Dr Pepper commercial. Um, punting. So another transfer i took usc's eddie Taplinski, saplinski or whatever you say his name from arizona state because he was all i can't wait until you have you ask me if i have any thoughts on the punting in the league he was a all conference punter last year so i was like okay well he's, he's still in the conference and then uh, arizona's guy like kyle uh austin dorp i wonder what the arizona guys are is it are dorp guy. or dorp it's there's no f or there's or no h. f no it's just d-o-r-p shouldn't there be an f at the end of there we can add it. I think that's in the. If uh, we're going to talk about him in, ever in, again in the original in the original would. German, shouldn't there be an F there? I would think maybe when he came Ellis Island, the family they just dropped the like. Do you oh, think oh. he came through Ellis Island? No, like his family, <laughs> like, like like fifteen years ago. Yeah, he's like, hey, for, for whatever reason, he's wearing like a I, a brown newspaper boy's hat, and he's wearing like an overcoat, and he's like six. He just talked to like a random homeless guy. Like, are you the immigration person? <laughs> yeah. Uh, what's your name? We're going to drop the F. You know, just. He me. came over on a steamship somehow. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> we should just go to Ellis Island and put like a sign that says like immigration and just see if people start walking up. Uh, that's probably insensitive, but okay, whatever. Uh, insensitive. Any thoughts on the punter? To what? Immigrants from 200 years ago? <laughs> Too soon. Um, <laughs> this is my, it's like my family. Thoughts on the punters? No. Just no. <laughs> so offensive lineman, you get to pick ten. Um, yeah, this was really hard. I don't know. Uh, so I think I had 
think I had one Utah guy, uh, uh, Satoa uh, Lumea from Utah. I had him first. Mm-hmm. Uh, Washington's uh, Troy Fontenot. Um, he was up there. Joshua Gray from Oregon State. And uh, a couple, I think I had three Oregon State guys in there. Justin Dietrich is playing his sixth year. I had him in there for USC. Jordan Morgan from Arizona. A couple of the Arizona guys. Uh, and uh, Duke Clements from UCLA I had on my list. He's someone I think you had mentioned. Yep. But this was this was really hard to do. I probably missed some like absolute studs, but there wasn't a lot of like data being given. and It, it was a lot. You did the right thing. You picked uh, some Oregon State guys and some Utah guys. Yeah, and and Washington, you know, uh, Washington, Arizona. It's funny they had a couple guys too, but I think they had a pretty good offensive line, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, linebackers, you I know would put Jackson Sermon right up top, <laughs> but he I think he's the highest re, you know most tackles returning. Um, I had Eric Gentry from USC in there. He had a crap load of production. There wasn't as many high productive guys coming back. Utah's uh, Kareen Reed. Um, Washington, uh, Alfonso uh, Tupatala, uh, um, he was in there. I put Mason Cobb from USC in there because he was like Big 12 leading tackler or something like that from when he was at uh, Oklahoma State. So some of the guys in there. Anyone would stand out? Could UCLA could have anybody else in there? I don't think you gave me a nomination at linebacker. but No, uh, I think a lot of people are putting Darius Muasau on their teams and i think it's just because they didn't watch ucla last year um <laughs> okay does that mean uh did you say lavani damuni for utah uh i didn't have him in there i guess i could have yeah yeah he was at stanford now he's in utah oh okay so i could have done that all right um i don't know that's the only one that really stands out okay um kickers jesus uh, Joshua Cardi of Stanford, uh-huh. another Arizona guy, Tyler Cardi Party, Tyler Loop. Cardi uh, wasn't he uh, famous for scoring every single point for Stanford in a game? Last I year? think so. Yeah. He was like a, he had some hundred percent stuff. Yeah. Loop, Loop was like eighty six percent, I think. So yeah. I was kind of just looking at kicker percentages and like, oh, those guys were the highest ones. Like, all right, go. Um, give give me all your thoughts on that. Yeah, I agree. Defensive line, these are edge rushers and defensive linemen and stuff. Um, uh, Braylon Trice might be like the Pac-12 defensive player of the year for Washington. Like he's got that potential. I had him number one. Uh, uh, Laitu Lautu, how do you say his name? Laitu Lautu. Lautu Lautu uh, from UCLA. I had him high up there. Is that fair? You had, you mentioned him, I think. Yeah, I think there's potential for him to be the best. Um, he's got a lot of natural ability. Maybe the defensive scheme this year will be a little bit better. Uh, Brendan Jackson from Washington State. I had Keon Bars because he's been he's been like actually killing it. The Arizona transfer to USC. Um, uh, Brandon Dorless from Oregon. Um, Oregon State's uh, Sione Lolohe, uh, Junior Tafuna from Utah. I put Bear Alexander, the the five star transfer from Georgia, in there. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, any any thoughts on any of those nah, guys? I think you nailed it. Not about nailing, but. Uh, DBs, uh, Kalen Bullock, USC safety. Is it just DBs? Yeah, they don't have like safety. Um, so there's like eight of do them. Do the there. people who create these awards for the Pac-12 do they watch the sport? <laughs> there's all these weird. Yeah, they could have like edge rush. I mean, and the fact that they have like all-purpose stuff. Like I don't know what the heck this is. Oregon's Cherkwezi uh, uh, Bridges, uh, Washington State's Shaw Wade Smith. Uh, Ryan Cooper Jr. from Oregon State, Patrick McMorris from Cal, Craig Woodson from Cal, 
Travis Hunter, Colorado, Christian Roland Wallace, who was at Arizona, USC. I don't know. I just I kind of looked for guys that were highly productive last year that I knew about. There might be some transfers that I didn't know that they were like, oh, they were all world somewhere else. Um, any DBs come to the top of your Did you mind? mention Travis Hunter? I did, yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, that's the only one I could think of. Because I think he's going to be. Like literally the only DB I can think of in the entire league. Yeah. Cole Bishop, Utah? I did. Uh, did I have him? Wait, hold on. Uh, no, I didn't. Oh, what is he gone or is he around? I think he's around. Oh, that, that's a that's an oversight then. I could be wrong. I, I thought know. he was gone. I don't think he's gone. Check. I think he's still there. Is he? Yeah. Should have had him in there. So, yeah. Put him back in oversight. there. See, I, but Utah didn't get back to me, and they could have mentioned that. I would have definitely put it in there. God. It's just like these log lists. It's like sometimes a, you just glaze such over. Such a useless piece of shit. Uh, All-purpose special teams players. Um, I had Travis Hunter because he's going to be like a stud for Colorado, and I just put Ray Lake Brown again. There wasn't a lot of uh, – I know it seemed like very it, like returners, and you have this thing too. But Travis Hunter, I think he'll be be a stud. Um, I think that was it for positions. What are your thoughts on um, the? It's, we had to pick the conference too. Like who's mm-hmm. going to be first, second, third, all the way through twelfth? Could you do like rattle off? Um, no, tra- we got to do our thing. Okay, where we pick each game. So we got to pick each game. All right. Yeah. Um, if I was gauging it right yeah. now, I'd go USC. Probably number one. Who are your top two, though? Like, who would be? I'd probably go, because of the cam rising status, I'd probably go USC and Washington. That's who I went with, too. Yeah. yeah. Um, I just, there's some people, I think Washington's defense is going to be, like, legit. Like, they're going to be good. The receivers are. I mean, they're going to throw for a zillion yeah, yards. DeBoer is a proven offensive guy. Yeah, they're going to be. They're going to be good. They're going to score a lot of points. He's and, also lost like I don't know, like seven games in his entire college coaching career. So why would he start now? Yeah, and I think the defense is going to be a lot better. Uh, it's so hard with all the transfers and stuff coming in, but you know, I've listened to Chris Fetters talk about it, and I, you know, I kind of like what they're doing. I think Oregon. There's definitely potential there, but there's more. I have more question marks on the Oregon side. Um, do you know what Kalen DeBoer's record as a head coach is? I know we do this every now and then, but what is it? If you add in Sioux Falls, right? Which okay. I think you should. Why, Why the hell not? not? He's 90 and 11. That's, good. That's like uh, Chris Peterson. Yeah. He was like something like that. Yeah. And it's not like it's, I mean, he's at the, at the, at the major college level, he's 23 and eight. And that should have been a rebuilding Washington that just went 11 and two. I don't know. He's a pretty good coach, that guy. Oh, uh, in the uh, chat. So Bucky Irving. I'm sure I left people off, so I'm sorry. Uh, if anyone else, um, there was one there. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so yeah, I'll pack twelve. We will do all our picks. We'll pick all the games, and then uh, come up with. And I I kept track last year of every pick we made, and then we looked at the end of the year. Unlike other people that make picks and then just move on, we'll look back and see where we were wrong and where we were right and all that kind of stuff. How how I was uh, overwhelmingly correct? No, I think we were. It was really close for all the games. I yeah. think. Yeah. Um, hey, who we, won our competition last year? I don't remember. I erased it from the whiteboard. Did you or what? did I? So after you lose two years in a row, you just start erasing things? No, we had to do some other stuff. Um, where's my? Wow. No, but I have it on my dock. I think somewhere. Yeah, maybe. I don't know where it is. 
somewhere. Uh, twenty twenty two. He didn't want the reminder. Okay, right. you were fifty six forty and two against the spread. I was fifty two forty four and two. So I have Damn. it on the dock. I had it on the dock. Damn, four games. Pretty good. I mean, that's like the second year you've won, so that's good. We've been doing this like seven years, so it's not bad. <laughs> second year in a row, though, I think. Second year? No, no. It was uh, – I think you won 2020, and then I won 2021, barely, and then you won 2022 more handily. Damn. Uh, but we were both bad. I mean, we were, think we were both bad in 2021. We were both good last year, but you were just better. Just crushed. It. Yeah. Crushing uh, crushing life. One other thing is uh, – this this whole um, so you remember the name Michael Schill? Yeah. Remember we talk about he we was, don't talk he about was quite a shill. We don't talk about presidents a lot on the show, but sometimes you have to. He was Oregon's president, mm-hmm. uh, and Northwestern, who's like you know they're kind of like the Stanford of the Big Ten. Or I like whatever. to think of them as the Oregon of the Big Ten. <laughs> the Oregon of the Big Ten. Uh, yeah, like uh, you know they've had Pat Fitzgerald as their coach for a long time. They end up hiring somebody uh, to be their president, and she—I think it was a—I believe it was a female. And I think she had like health problems, and unfortunately, it's passed away since. Then they go and get Oregon's president, Michael Schill, and bring him in. Um, and you know, it's pretty established. Like you have a lifer and head coach in Pat Fitzgerald, who was like the best football player in Northwestern history. He's by far the best coach in Northwestern history. Been seventeen years. Uh, some accusations come out. They do a seven-month in- investigation in- into hazing into the program. And, uh, you know, Shill takes a look at the report, seven months of all this testimony, interviewing like 50 people. And he says, okay, Pat Fitzgerald, it's July. I know you're on vacation anyway, but you have to take two weeks off right now, and we're not going to pay you. So that's the punishment that Northwestern came up with. They're a private school. They do not release the report. They're like, this is an executive summary that said absolutely nothing. So, okay, fine. So the student newspaper, the next day, this is a Friday news dump, by the way. The next day, the student newspaper comes out with this, you know, kind of expose on all the stuff that's going on. Talk to former players. And they're like, the hazing is like out of control, like, you know, dry humping naked freshmen, all that. Like, there's crazy stuff, like sexual harassment kind of stuff in there involved in this. It seems really, really, really bad. And then 24 hours later, Northwestern comes back and goes, Oh, okay, instead of a two week suspension without pay in July, you're fired. <laughs> it was like you couldn't have gone from a bigger swing from one to the other. So, but, two thoughts. One, yeah. nobody. If anybody was wondering if anyone learned the lesson of uh, Penn State, no, no. nobody did. Uh, it's all cover up, cover up, cover your ass all the time. Two, uh, Shill is unfit and should be fired. That's it. It's pretty bad. Yeah, um, I mean, uh, and they're all they they like did this and they all they're I, like European vacations and stuff. I don't know how many times we have to go through this where it's a bad thing happened, they you, cover it up. Okay, those people are unfit. Like you need to be honest about this shit. Fire the fucking meathead head coach. He's a gym coach. Who cares? Um, and you're going <laughs> like the thing with that is, and I think this is where they run into issues is they are now forced because of the actions before because of the reality to fire him. They didn't want to do it, and the reason they didn't want to do it is because it's now going to be a legal fight regarding the buyout, yeah. which is like fifty one million dollars, right? Um, and so he's well compensated. He's a very well compensated man. Uh, because we overpay these PE teachers. And so they have CEO protection. <laughs> like they basically have the protection of golden the CEO. Stuff, yeah, they've yeah, got yeah. golden parachutes. And these schools can't afford the golden parachutes a lot of times. And so you end up in the situation where these guys are, you know, malefactors. They do bad shit. 
um, and you can't fire them anymore because of the money involved. And now Northwestern's a pretty wealthy school, you know. I mean, oh yeah, they've got they, they've got riot. They have like this super billionaire that like is building. Like they just opened like a hundred forty million dollar new facility for football. They're like renovating the stadium for. It's going to be. I think it was like eight hundred million dollars or something. It's right. like the real estate guy, Ryan, something Ryan, I forget his name, but he's a huge, huge, huge booster. And a lot of the prominent sports writers uh, that, you know, that, you know, went to Northwestern. It's one of the best journalism schools but, in the country. But my, my point is Northwestern is in the uh, in the position where it still didn't want to fire him. And I'm guessing it was almost entirely financial uh, until they were forced to. And they're a very wealthy school that can afford it. Yes. Uh, if it comes down to it that they have to, like, mitigate the buyout and pay like 20 million dollars, they can do it. There are schools that can't. And I would just be, you know, again, it's it's looking at an iceberg. All this shit happens. It happens in a lot of different places. Uh, much worse things happen at Penn State, but it's the same basically operating philosophy. Uh, they're above the law. They can do whatever the hell they want. We don't need to worry about this, yada, yada, yada. Um, there are schools that can't afford the buyouts and won't do it when it's uncovered, and they maybe don't have a, a student journalism department that's as uh, robust as Northwestern's because Northwestern has – the best student newspaper in the country and has for decades. Uh, every sports journalism journalist went to Northwestern. Uh, Not everyone, us, but many. <laughs> um, but it's uh, so it's it's a it's a gross thing. I think it's uh, a sign that, you know, a lot of this stuff happens in a lot of different places. And uh, Michael Schill should be fired and uh, they should be looking for a new president. And a new AD, AD too, probably. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is crazy. And they're like on vacation. The the. The amount of just like the ego, the hubris, whatever you want to say, like that you you're talking about. Okay, we're making it's, it's literally feels like this ivy tower thing um, where you're king of all the land and you make a decree and just hand it down. Like we will suspend Pat Fitzgerald for two weeks. Take my word for the reasoning you know behind it and walk away. Avert your gaze as I leave this podium. Um, and like literally within 24 hours, like you you have to think like, okay, we're going to suspend it for two weeks. If what comes out in the report that we're not releasing, um, and there's been some prominent like Northwestern grads that have been saying, you know, pushing on Twitter like to release this, your mindset has to be, well, no one's ever going to know what's in this because if they did, it's going to be terrible. We're, our decision is going to look really, really dumb, which it obviously does. So your mindset has to be, no one's ever going to know what was in this. When there's hundreds of former players involved, like there's so many people that could give an interview and tell you their opinion uh, of what's going on. Do you remember, I think it was on the, the uh, I think Dan Wetzel was talking about this. You remember Ray Rice? Mm -hmm. So he like beats up his girlfriend or something in an elevator and the, the NFL gets the report. They know exactly what happens. They see the video and they give him some kind of slap on the wrist. Then TMZ puts the video out there, and now he's like blackball. Like now it's like okay, we have to really increase the punishment. Nothing changed. It's just what the public found out about changed. They saw the video, and you're like, how could he only get a game suspension or whatever it was? And so now it's like, oh, once people started to learn what was in the report, now we have to fire the guy. Like it's because it's it's mitigating financial risk. That's the only thing that they're ever calculating in here. And with the public relations. That's a piece of the financial risk. But the financial risk initially is, oh, I might have to outlay some money to pay for firing this guy or pay for suspending him for a long time in the case of Ray Rice. Like that should have been what? A year-long suspension, something like that. And no, we can't do that because that's a financial hit to us. It's going to affect our wins and losses, and it's also going to affect uh, 
you know, merchandise sales, the whole thing. Um, but you have to, in your mind, you have to say, can someone ever see this video? Because if they do, we're going to look terrible. Or is well, someone ever going to read this report or get so in for I, it? Because if they do, I would we like can't them, do this. I would, I mean, and this is maybe me being a little bit uh, pie in the sky. I would like them to be a little bit more high minded than that and say, hey, is this a repugnant, awful, horrible, dirty shit thing that happened? Sure. Okay, then the, the, the perpetrator of this should be shit canned, and the people who knew about it and did nothing should be shit canned. Um, which in this case is Pat Fitzgerald. Uh, you know, I, I don't necessarily buy the reports that he was encouraging it, which was what is in that initial Northwestern story. Yeah. Uh, that that seems but un- he was definitely aware. That seems of it. unlikely, yeah. but very aware of it. Yes, no doubt. He's the head coach. Of, these guys are little tin pot dictators. Um, so of course he knew, and uh, his his job and the reason he is afforded so much money is to not do shit like that and also to have security in the event that he has to get fired um so anyway it shouldn't be uh the the thing where it's only a pr consideration and it's only a financial consideration but it is uh but when they screw it up so badly when they mismanage it so terribly like these guys did they should all be fired yeah but anyway, that's kind of a crazy story, like big thing, college football. We've had the last couple of years, like July's been like... Fun times. I think, was it two years ago was maybe Texas, Oklahoma? I think it was in that time frame. Then obviously last year, USC, UCLA, where you're like the slow time. Like most of the you know sports writers are on vacation now because most of the coaches are on vacation. So all this like crazy college football news happens. Uh, it's pretty nuts. Anything else, David? We could take a break and uh, do some questions. Take a break. All right, back in a minute, everybody. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Fantasy baseball draft season is upon us, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Sample, six times per week throughout March. Sleepers, breakouts, busts, live mock drafts, spring training updates, and everything in between every Monday through Saturday. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. Citizen sleuths are focusing on the brutal slayings of four college kids. A new Paramount Plus original docuseries. This is the start of something major. Follows online detectives as they unravel the mystery of the infamous Idaho college murders. There's plenty of places to hide a weapon. And turned it into a social media phenomenon. Where are the roommates? This is a huge night. I want the truth from you. Hashtag cyber sleuths. The Idaho murders now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Hey, right. we're back. Hey, we're back here. Podcast of Champions. My apologies if you're watching. Thank you, first of all, for watching live. How was your trip? On YouTube. It was good. Where did we you have, go during our break? We have like 40-something people watching live on, uh, what's today, Thursday did morning? Did Vegas during our break? We could have. We could have. We could have made it. Uh, you could have made a donut run. That would have been nice. That would have been nice. But you already ate a nice breakfast sandwich. I made a huge-ass breakfast sandwich, like eggs, bacon, cheese, uh, lettuce, tomato. Because I, I did like an early workout. Isn't that a little heavy for breakfast? I know, but I did a, like 6 a.m. like spin class and I was hungry and I had like eggs and bacon. I stopped by the store. I mean, it's like massive uh, sandwich. It was great. Damn. Um, and then Elizabeth brought me tea. So I, I had some tea this morning. I got more tea. So I'm like, I'm kind of amped. You I'm, are. I'm ready to answer questions and stuff. But I wanted to apologize if you are watching live on YouTube for whatever reason, the uh, 
comments, I couldn't put them up on the screen. Don't apologize so we'll, to them. We'll try to. So David can go through the chat and read your questions this time. Because, don't uh, don't we'll apologize do to them. Apologize to me. <laughs> For all the stuff you do. We have a, a voicemail that came from last week, uh, the holiday week, I guess. Um, I'll play it for you. Holiday week. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Kirk. Um, just had a question for the podcast historian, Dave. Um, what's it being 4th of July this week? I wanted to um, get your opinion on kind of what you feel is like an overlooked period of U.S. history, kind of one that you feel like people should read uh, more into. Uh, thanks, guys. Hope you had a great 4th of July. Mm. So an overlooked period of U.S. history. I, I think um, unless you are super into uh, like modern politics and stuff, uh, a, a naturally overlooked part of American history is everything from about 1950 on. Yeah. Um, basically, the last 70 years, because uh, and this is 20 years ago, but when I was in high school, the textbooks more or less stopped in like the 1960s and there'd be like a brief little overview of the 70s and 80s but nothing that was um uh super in depth and yeah. uh and this is the way history works obviously is that it's hard to examine it in real time and so you don't see um the the you know the both sides of everything or like all that sort of stuff but i think uh people trying to understand our place in the world um and uh the ways in which we overreach and uh, do a lot of uh, dark and shitty things. Uh, you have to understand what we were doing in the 50s and 60s and 70s uh, in our fight against communism, communism and the spread yeah. of communism. Uh, to understand that, like, uh, the reason, you know, South America is the way that it is, the reason uh, the Middle East is the way that it is, the reason Russia is the way that it is, has a lot to do with shit we did between the 60s and the 80s. Um, and so, you know, looking at all that stuff and having a, having an understanding of that, I think, would help perspective. Um, yeah, especially, like, um, when you look at, like, immigration issues from, you know, the global south to the United States. Well, why are all these people wanting to emigrate from these South American countries and from these Central American countries? Uh, well, you know, we spent the better part of 60 to 100 years destabilizing all those countries. Um, so... That's an overlooked part of uh, American history. And then the other one would be the Gilded Age because we're living in one. Uh, yeah, and it's funny because, like, and it's happened. You know, Elizabeth is here. Um, when I when Keeley, like, was an intern with me, you know, that, that was probably, like, eight, nine years ago now. Um, you know, to me, like, I lit this, this you weren't, you, I don't know what year you were, like, uh, when were you born? You were... Me? Yeah. 1985. 85. So you were like seven or eight, like when the riots happened, LA riots. Right. And I was in, I was at school. I was at USC. And like, I took, I have a bunch of like pictures, like film camera pictures from like four days later, we had to leave. And then when we came back, like it was insanity as far as like national guard posted at the, the old sports arena. And you know, every cop car you saw drive by, there'd be like three cop cars, four guys in each one with guns. I mean, they were like it was a military presence like in the city and we were supposed to take finals again. Like it was like the first day of finals. You know, that's something I lived through as a, like, I guess young adult, like, you know, being in college, I was a junior or something in college. And like for Keely, like she wasn't born yet. And it was just kind of like, wow, you weren't around for this. And it was hard. And they looking at the pictures, it was really kind of interesting. And now, and like someone like Elizabeth here, like nine 11, like the interns now weren't born when 9-11 was happening, you're like, holy shit, like, this is real history, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, like, 
So yeah, are the books like? You know, yeah, it's the thing. It's like history books now probably go to like the year two thousand or whatever, but, and they but, do it in that like kind of bullshitty way for the last like fifteen years of it. But yeah. it's probably a little bit more in depth through like nineteen eighty five or whatever, because we're old, ancient mariners. Um, yeah. But uh, I would say like there's a lot of history that's obviously happened in the last twenty years that is um, interesting and, and valuable, but. It's tough to examine, but I think people can start examining the 80s, 70s, and 60s to see the root of a lot of things uh, that are going on now. Gotcha. Um, you know, that kind of history, I think, can be more relevant for people than, like, learning about something that was happening in the 1880s. All right. Uh, we had an email. This is funny. Uh, from Steve. I don't. So we get a lot. Dave created the email address. Uh, Pactualpodcast at gmail.com. Which is so funny because you're the only one who responds from it. And every time it's signed by me. It is. So if yeah. I, I can say whatever I want and it's like signed by David Woods. And we're like, but he, he doesn't respond on there. People have signed up for various um, dating apps on there. <laughs> we have, we're like some senior dating or something. Uh, David's like very popular with the seniors or whatever. This Isn't one. Isn't Linda? Linda. Maybe. It's very popular with the seniors. Yeah. Uh, I don't know where this email came from, but it says, uh, football private lessons for my kids. I feel like this is someone that actually listens to the show and feels somehow we're involved in this. I don't know. It says, hello, I would love to enroll my kids for football lessons. Where are you located, please? Kindly get back to me at your earliest convenience from Steve. <laughs> you should see what kind of money you can make here. Uh, give them the office address. Private football lessons? Yeah, I think yeah. you could give a lesson. Like, I feel like this isn't, this isn't some weird trope. This is like someone that was listening to the show and thinks that we would give football lessons, which I don't know. Let us know what you think in the chat. All right. I got a question. Okay. Podcast question. This is from Anthony. If you had to survive for 72 hours in a mall for $1 billion, would you rather be trapped with a full-grown gorilla or seven king cobras? And there's an easy answer here. I'm full on cobras. Seven king cobras. You could make that 70 king cobras, and I would pick that over a full-grown gorilla. I think so. Because first of all, the mall is huge. Like, literally, you could shut a door and keep the cobras out. Correct. Right? Like, not lock it. Just shut it. Correct. Um, the gorilla, if he wants to eat your ass, he's coming through a door. He's coming through cement walls. Like, I don't know why this is a question. It's cobras. Yeah, no. The the gorilla will knock down like cement walls to get to you if it wants to. Right. If it there's now, if know. we're talking like it's a docile like gorilla that you could become friends with, um, mm. you know, like one of those movies. Uh, you know, it's like a, a Mighty Joe Young or something. Um, or it's like you know, uh, oversized gorilla that's actually friendly. I could be like the little princess in King Kong. Oh yeah. You know, um, where he's just like you know, he just takes me with him. Uh, but if we're talking about like a real gorilla, like one that um, let's assume that all of the animals in the scenario are, are design- trying to are get trying you. to kill you. Yes. Yeah. No question about it. It's the gorilla. Yeah. If the gorilla is it, trying it's, to it's get the you, cobras. then he's probably going to get you. Well, he's faster than you. He can climb more. He's stronger than you. Yeah. Um, and if it's you, he's smarter too. Um, <laughs> so there's there's a lot that goes there's in a lot there. going on. Uh, I mean. Hopefully there's like a sporting goods store in there that you can uh, maybe get a weapon or something. But yeah, for the Cobras, like literally just you go to like the hot dog on a stick, close the door, eat like corn dogs for like three days and they're never getting in there. Correct. So yeah. Yeah. So I would say thanks, Anthony, for that one. Um, This is uh, from Jay in New York. David, please share your feelings about the parking situation at Knott's Berry Farm. All right. So I sent out a tweet to Knott's Berry Farm on uh sunday 
about? Of? Oh, because you were, you were going there. Saturday. You were a Knott's Berry Farm I don't, fan. It was a day. It was a day. You were a Knott's Berry Farm fan. No. No, no, no. I thought you liked Knott's Berry Farm. No. Uh, no, I don't. Um, it's crowded. It's you like shady. Disneyland. I like Soak City, which oh, is a okay. water park that I take my children to. Okay. I thought you were like Knott's fan. They're okay. I, I mean, I've got the season pass thing because it was super cheap for a long time, but they raised the prices on that, which is going to be related to what I'm saying here. Uh, speaking of the inroads of capitalism and uh, eking a profit out of every possible thing you possibly can, uh, <laughs> they have taken one of the parking lots at Knott's Berry Farm. Okay. They have added no parking. And they have made that parking premium parking, oh. which costs $50 to park. $50 to park. What a deal. To go to Knott's Berry Farm, mm. which uh, people have gone to Knott's Berry I Farm. I like jelly. Yeah, we like it. Uh, it's it's not a $50 parking situation. No, mm. no, no. You want to pay 15 maybe, to park there. It's now 50 to park in that lot. But the problem is they didn't add any parking. So what that means is nobody's paying the $50 to park because that's insane. But it just takes away those spots. It takes away those spots. So everyone is trying to go park in the other lot. So it took like 30 minutes to get in the other day, which uh, in, in in my life count, constitutes a real problem. Constitutes you know something worth uh, talking about on a podcast. Okay. Tirade, really. A tantrum, if you will. Nah, nice. All right. So, not good. Knott's Berry Farm. Not okay. good. All right. We ready for the next one from Jay? Yep. In NY? If you guys could pick 11 other schools to join yours in a conference, who would they be? The goal is fun, not dominance. I've got 11. You want to hear them? Yeah. All right. So, if I could pick 11 schools okay. to be a part of a conference with UCLA. Got to go USC. I'd probably pick Cal and Stanford. Because they're, you know, somewhat local. Um, they've got a rich history with them. Um, and then if I'm looking a little bit further outside of that footprint, I, I, there's something about going up to the Pacific Northwest. I think I'd go Oregon, Oregon State. You're really keeping this Pac-12. Washington, Washington State. Then I would probably add maybe some other schools in the region like Arizona, Arizona State. <laughs> and then if I'm getting a little bit outside of myself, if I have to go two more, it's probably Utah and Colorado. Wow. Uh, it's funny. I'll, I'll like reveal. I'm not, I've did a little survey mm -hmm. of, um, a lot of people that cover like the big 10 and I'll, I'm going to have more details coming out with this and stuff. But basically I was asking people to sort of like, what if you had to like pare it down? So there would only be like 10 schools in the big 10 instead of 16. And, uh, people have different, there's some people that want to go back to like the original, what the big 10 was like, get rid of Penn state, get rid of. USC, UCLA, and then some people are just like dropping the the Rutgers and the um, Purdue's of the world and stuff. So people had kind of different perspective. So you took the perspective on this as just whatever the the Pac-12 is right now. Correct. Like, yeah, you like that. Um, I I googled like a you know what are the most fun colleges in the country. I would go. I think you keep UCLA if you're USC. I think you keep like Notre Dame because that's kind of a cool rivalry. Uh, Clemson would be a fun one. Like that's a really cool one. Uh, Penn State was up there. I think that would be fun to put in there. Um, where would you like to go? I like New Orleans. Like Tulane, I think that would be fun. You know, you can you can add Tulane. Um, I think University of Miami. You want that? Like you want some South Beach action? Action. I think Texas. Texas would be a good one. Um, we want some smart people. We'll go Vanderbilt. I like going to Nashville. 
Uh, that's a lot of fun. Um, probably University of Florida. That's a good one. Wisconsin, I definitely want to go to uh, to Madison and, and check out you know what that's all about. Um, I think Kentucky would be kind of cool, maybe just for more of the basketball side, and uh, maybe another SEC one. I, you know, I had a good time down at Auburn. We'll add Auburn. All right. I don't know if that, if that was twelve, but that's uh, doesn't matter. I'm just trying to like add some fun. I like some it. Some fun schools. Do you want to look through the chat to see? I do. Uh, all right. So this is one from Colt Bush. Question. It's a fake name. Colt Bush. It's a it's a handle on YouTube, so I assume it's fake. Yeah. Uh, if the Bricks King podcast is a real name, probably not. <laughs> Question. Is the Pac-12... Although, Amy Nelson, I think it's a real one. Yeah. Is the Pac-12 waiting to announce a bad deal so that schools have less time to find new conference homes? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think it's... Um, I mean, we don't know the strategy behind this. Like, if it's really bad and you're waiting this long, I don't think that would be a sound strategy because... You're basically you don't you know sign this grant of rights. Um, yeah, I no, I don't think this would be the case. I mean, it doesn't look like the Big Twelve, like from what Yormark was saying, wants to add anybody. I don't think the Big Ten will. That you know they got a new commissioner and all that. But if the deal stinks, I think Yormark would jump on some of the four corner schools, if not all of them. So I don't think timing would matter. Um, it might just be, you know, they would come in later. Like right now, the Big 12 this year has 14 teams. Texas and Oklahoma leave next year, and then they'll have 12, and they could get back up to 14 or 16. To do it. So I don't think that would really, if that's a strategy, I don't think it would really work. Um, now, maybe it, it's better for like Oregon or Washington. They don't have as many options, but I don't think you could keep the whole conference together by waiting. Um, so I don't think it would be a sound strategy. I don't know. What do you think, David? Um, I mean, no, I don't, I, I think the, the, it's again, it's, it's, uh, it's Occam's razor. Uh, they don't have a deal. And if they had a deal, they'd be pitching it and trying to make it happen, but they yeah. don't have a deal. I think the much more likely thing is that they would try to spin a bad deal as a good deal. Um, which is what will probably end up happening is that they will try to pitch it, um, rather than try to hide from it. Yeah. On that previous question, Amy's saying, I think we need to first define fun and then, West Texas Mike is saying Ryan's choosing all the universities with towns he can do some serious drinking. Yeah, like th that's what I'm thinking of for fun. Like, where would I want to go? Yeah, um, I probably should put Arizona State in there because I love going Scottsdale. <laughs> uh, this is from BL. When is Ryan moving over to Threads? I have a Threads, but not personal. It's uh, the Peristyle on Threads. Why have you not created a Inside Troy Threads? Because you can't. I don't have an Inside Troy. Um, Instagram. It's tied extreme. It's, it's exactly tied to your Instagram. Why I think, don't you create a Ryan Abraham threads, and then you don't have to be inside Troy anymore. You can uh, be outside I, of Troy. I tried to do that on Twitter, and they won't let me change. And then I'm um, someone probably already has it on Instagram. So I have like no, no, no. Why don't you just take your Instagram, your Ryan Abraham Instagram, and move it over to? Threads? I don't have Ryan Abraham. I have Herbosa Rhino. Why don't you take Herbosa Rhino <laughs> over to Threads? Because uh, I barely, I, it would be for work. So that's my personal one. It's like tied to it. And you should create an outside Troy. Outside Troy. A and Amy was saying in there, uh, in the, the chat earlier, that if you want to, so say, you know, you have uh, David David Woods or whatever you have for your Instagram, mm. 
where you occasionally post pictures of like your kids or whatever. Uh, you don't post very often. And you create a threads. She was saying that if you try to delete your threads, the only way you can do it is by deleting your Instagram. So Correct. they don't let you delete it. Yeah, yeah. Which seems a little like I didn't know about that. That seems wrong. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not good. It's pretty bad. It's another um, billionaire trying to steal all your info. But but those two billionaires could fight. Remember? Like that was something that was going to happen. That'd be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I would like to see that. Yeah. I think Elon would kick his ass. But Well, maybe they'd both end up with uh, some sort of hematomas. What was the all old right. uh, Friends episode where it was like um, John Favreau was playing uh, Monica's boyfriend and he was like some billionaire and he was like studying, you know, hired all these coaches to be a UFC fighter and just kept getting his ass kicked. It was kind of fun. Um, West Texas Mike asked, is Moby Dick still under copyright? No, it's not. So it's probably not that why it got taken off. Taylor says Zuck would wreck Elon. No way, dude. Yeah, no, he absolutely would. You think so? Have you seen him? Is he like Jack now? Yeah, dude, he's been doing UFC training and Elon Musk is like a doughy 52-year-old. Oh, all right, well, maybe Zuck will kill him. Zuck is only 39. Like, there, there's there's a huge age difference and one of them has actually, like, done things. Um, Elon Musk is just like a big, husky, South African fat guy. Oh, okay. I yeah. just thought he was, like, bigger. I didn't realize uh, Zucker's, like, you know, training and stuff. Yeah, no, he kicked the shit out of him. Um, oh, Eddie says he, he trains with GSP, so they're both like training. Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, uh, this is from Amy. How do you rate Klyavkov now compared to when he began? Sounds like you're disillusioned. Yeah, he's 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 um very good question, Amy. He started off fine, but there's a limited amount that you can blame Larry Scott for after a while. Yeah, that's sort of like in the beginning, I gave him all the passes and uh. Now I think he's screwed up some stuff too, you know, yeah. not to the same level. And it's, he, you know, he started with a, a bad hand, but I think he's made some bad plays. Like you can have bad cards and lose more money than you need to with those bad You're already cards. already in the Vegas mindset. I can hear it. I'm very much in the Vegas yeah. mindset. Like you can throw bad money, you know, good money after bad. And I think he's, we're in that rage now. And yeah. some of it might be you're trying to like, you're still trying to, what was the um, Princess Bride? Um, when uh, you you're know, you're still trying to win. You're still trying to win. He ends up winning. Yeah. Uh, so if if Klyavkov can th- find a hail mary somewhere and win, you know, hats off. I don't have a hat on right now. Hats off to him. Um, I just think it it might be more of a desperation play. Like you're really doing all you can to try to. And I think some of this too, and it comes back to the school you cover. How much was this delayed by? Holding out hope that UCLA was going to have to stay. Do you think but that's that, my point? Is that like how if you many did times, that at all? That times, was dumb. How many times on this fucking show did I tell you that was bullshit? And that was starting in September of last year. August no, you said year? it was no way UCLA wasn't going to leave, and I felt that that was true. No, but that was bullshit the entire time. And but so, if you really thought that, that was like a pipe dream. If he thought that, like, no, but that's my point. Is he 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 can't think that stupid shit? Like there's there's people who can. There's people who can posit that stuff. But the fact that, like, and again, I, I'm not saying, like, Wilner or Canzano are, like, mouthpieces or anything, but the fact that they were reporting that that was a legitimate possibility was a reflection of what was going on in the Pac-12 offices. Right. Which, which is they thought it was a legitimate possibility, which is insane. Which is cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Absolutely yeah. insane. That was never going to happen. Ever. Yeah. And for them to think that is so stupid. Ferocious. Um, mm. And that by itself uh, is... You know, obviously he's not very good. Um, no feel. Yeah. All right. Uh, we got some more. Sure. Uh, uh, this is from Jim. 
Choi, how much is that Tesla worth now as used? <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, it, so, I mean, honestly, though, it's my favorite thing I've ever bought. You know, um, I don't think it's worth a lot. It's worth it's worth something to me buying an older Tesla like that. Like I still have free supercharging so I can go anywhere on the Tesla network and charge for free um, because I bought it back then. Like now you can't. And I think when I first got it, like the first few years, I could have turned it in and, and kept that. But you can't anymore. So I'm going to keep it till it's dead, basically, and maybe even just buy a new battery for it. I don't know. It, That's how people should use all cars. You, I, drive, it, you drive it until it, it, it dies. I think I've owned maybe four cars, like in my, you know, like buy, like I bought one, like when I graduated from college, one, two, three, four. I think it's my fourth car. And I'm, you know, from my 21 to 52, like I've just kept cars for like 10 years or whatever, you know, like that's all I've done. Yeah. But some people lease them and they get a new one every two years, but I don't know. Yeah, I've, some people just... Yeah, uh, but this is definitely my favorite one. So if you're like, oh, like, like electric car, foot on, that, foot on the accelerator, boom, you're gone. It is just fun. Yeah. Uh, is Cam Rising healthy? Uh, I don't think anyone knows besides yeah. Cam Rising and Kyle Whittingham, and they're not telling. Um, so I think it's still up for debate whether he'll be ready uh, for the season opener. That'll be one of the bigger topics at Media Day, like how healthy is he? Is he going to come back? Can he play in fall camp and all that stuff? I... My gut is, David, it's going to be like, you know, if, if you're not starting fall camp, like, it's going to be really hard to start the season, you know, like, so I don't know. Hopefully, for the Pac-12, you want to see him healthy and being able to play in fall camp, but I, I'm not sure. And we don't have any, you know, inside info on it, at least I don't. This is from Eddie. Uh, Dave was born in 1985. Why do I look so much younger than him when I was born in 1984? It's <laughs> a great question. Uh, Eddie, do you have two children? He might. He might. I don't know. Uh, then I'll need another excuse. Um, you know, lots of hard living um, covering UCLA sports. Um, yeah, Eddie, are you a UCLA person? Uh, that no, can he's put the a years on you. That can put the years on you real quick. All right. Uh, Just like last year, like basketball, like thinking, like, you know, when David gets the, the, the glimmer of hope. Banner 12 is coming. You see you the know? years just, just flood yeah. off of me. When like, and yeah. he's like talking championships yeah, yeah, yeah. again, and then it just comes all crashing down. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, no, no. Uh, it takes a toll. It takes a toll. It's, it's fun to watch from, from the sideline here. Eddie has four kids. Okay, so there must be like reverse uh, exponential. <laughs> I, I just need more kids. Then I'll be fine. Uh, all right. Uh, I think that is Mark asks, when is Pac-12 Media Days? It's on Thursday, and it's just a day. No, it's, it's fr- is it Friday or just Whatever. Thursday? I don't know. It's the Next 21st. Week. It's Friday. Yeah. And yeah. I'm, I'm going now. We will be there. Um, you know, I'm bummed. We were, we were going to do like a Radio Row thing at some point, and then uh, there's do a lot of stuff. Do you think they would give us Radio Row at No, point? not now. Like, I don't think they like us because we're leaving. It's not like we're leaving. Like we didn't, we're not making the millions of dollars. Like, well, they didn't like us because of the uh, tagline for our show that we still haven't changed. That's one of the biggest props I give Clay Ofkoff is like I literally the first the second I met him, he, he quoted that to me like more homes <laughs> like like he knew like he knew it was like we he was at USC meeting USCB people but he knew me that we were part of the show that says we're in more homes in the Pac-12 network. Yeah, which is gonna have to change. Because I think the Pac-12 network is probably going to go away. Or so. I no, know. I think it'd be funnier if we kept it, even when they go to the Big Ten. it's uh, We are still in more homes than the Pac-12 network. True. Um, I would say, yeah, just don't change anything. We just keep it going like it's the same. 
you know, that's more us. It's like we don't have to work as much if we just keep it that way. I like it. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, I think that's it. Oh, that's it? Do Only got- an hour and 22 minutes about nothing? Really? Well, we had our all-conference team. We had to talk about the, the media. The, did you know the media deal's not done yet? You know, we had to talk about that a little bit. Yeah, that's true. Some excitement. And we had Elizabeth in, in the studio. Um, you know, it was, a, it was a fun show. We laughed. We cried. I don't know if we're going to do one before media day unless unless they get – if they get a deal, we'll do one before media day. Otherwise – and I will bring my um, remote equipment. Ooh, your remote equipment. I have remote like uh, – I all this, the stuff I have, like David does not. Um, but you're bringing your remote equipment. I, I'm bringing it. That's exciting And stuff. we can do a show after media day either while we're drunk or – while we're getting drunk, was that would that be good? I think those are the only two times. I think it won't be probably won't be video, and we could potentially could. Um, I tried, so I brought the remote stuff um, and did a, a a USC like composite two star recruits like Gerard Martinez and uh, Chris Trevino. We should set up at a video poker bar. Oh, that set would it be up good. Right there. I don't know if they would allow that. Actually, they do. They allow you to like film stuff now because before they didn't. Now it's like free advertising. So you see, like influencers, like you know. People are like going to Vegas, like influencers, and losing crap tons of money in slot machines, but making money because people watch them do it, like on their streams and stuff. So you actually make money by losing a lot of money. Do you know how old that would I be just fun. got listening to that? That would be fun. Like, like I think it like, just aged about forty. That's years. a thing. Like people do that. Like, you know, people watch people play video games and all that stuff. People will watch you like lose a crap ton of money. Because it's fun. Like, oh, my God, that guy just put $100,000 in a slot machine, but somehow makes it in, like, YouTube ads or whatever it is or Twitch yeah. ads or however that works. Uh, but, yeah, we can do it remote. Uh, probably just uh, audio. I think the video aspect, um, when I try to do it, you know, with my little laptop, it, like, crashed everything. So, but we can do uh, a recording out there, kind of recapping what's going on at Pac-12 Media Day. Love it. Uh, when are you getting in? You going in uh, Thursday night? Yeah, or Thursday day. Yeah, Thursday, yeah. Okay. I'll try to do the same. Ooh. I'm going to try to rearrange my travel schedule. I love it. Yeah. Okay. Well, now like you went from I'm not sure I'm going to Well, now I'm spend, thinking about like, it. A week I, I really don't want to get up at 5 in the morning or whatever it'll have to be 3:30 in the morning to get there on Friday. That would be rough. Yeah. Um cool. All right. For uh David David Woods, I am Ryan Abraham. Hope you guys enjoyed the show and we will talk to you next time. Goodbye. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.